there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, Justin here. Really excited to get going for another season of The Chase Down. Uh, this is the third year for The Chase Down, about my fifth or sixth podcasting about the Cavs. Really, really excited to get this going. Just wanted to take a quick moment here to kind of ask you guys for some support. Um, you guys have been absolutely phenomenal over the years, and we're really con- excited to continue to grow with you guys. If you haven't already, if you could leave a rating, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books, uh, we really would appreciate it. As well, we are on Facebook. If you could like the Chase Down page there, maybe share it to friends or family that uh, might be interested in it. All of that stuff really does help us grow, uh, helps with our reach, and, and makes a big, big difference. We also have a Discord chat for the Chase Down, which is a real fun community where you can go talk calves. You don't have to worry about people jumping in your mentions like you do on Twitter and really talk about anything you want. Uh, we Carter and I started this podcast because there wasn't a Cavs podcast that sounded like the one that we wanted to listen to. Uh, so we thought we'd go out there and make it. Discord's a great place where you can go and give us feedback, ask us questions, um, give us suggestions. All of that is welcome. We want to grow with you guys. So if you want to be part of that Discord chat, just send a screenshot of a review for our podcast to chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we'd be more than happy to send you a link. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast with Spencer Davies. Real fun one. Uh, Spencer and I realized after the podcast that we did not talk enough about Colin Sexton. So expect some of that uh, after the Wednesday night podcast. Uh, But yeah, Hope you guys enjoy and uh, go out there and support us. We, we really do appreciate it. Blue Wire. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up to the left. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some ribbon. And he got it, young boy. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. 
I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The season is finally here. After six long months off, we are on the eve of basketball being back. Cavs playing the Orlando Magic on Wednesday before they start their very brutal schedule to start the year. Uh, We got a good podcast for you guys today. With me today is a very sick co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how are you holding up? Um, You know, I've been better, um, but ultimately, uh, rather be sick now than uh, next week when I'm going to have a pretty insane work week and abandon you for two episodes. So, um, you know, better now than later, um, (laughs) but better not at all than now. Well, I mean, you got you got to tough it out because otherwise you're going to get a very stern talking to from John Beeline. He he didn't he wasn't a big fan of some of the guys missing time in the preseason, and you, you well, got to tough it up. You rub we, some sand on it, Carter. Well, you know what I was thinking about as I walked down to go get some water is I'm sitting here doing this podcast, feeling like absolute death, and on Wednesday I'm still going to get motherfuckers telling me I don't care about the Cavs. <laughs> Yep, it's going to be back all 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 this season. Speaking of back, our boy, our boy is joining us, Spencer Davies from Basketball Insiders. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. Just looking forward to this season kicking off. Got a couple of good ones tomorrow, and we'll be off and running. Officially a repeat guest. This is the second time on, right, Spence? Yeah, yeah, second time. I, I don't know how I got back on, but I'll take it. Oh, no, no. We are That's going to cute. be bugging the living hell out of you this season. <laughs> we, we, we do appreciate your time. We're, we're happy to have you back. Um, it, man, it's funny. I, I've had, I know a lot of Raptors fans, obviously, just from being Canadian. Um, but I, I think William Liu had the tweet that basically summed it up. With Zion being out for two months, they're going to put the Raptors-Pelicans season premiere on tape delay. Like, good God, how, how depressing is that? I, Spencer, I'll start with you. What, what was your thoughts when you saw that Zion's going to be out for two months with a torn meniscus? It sucks. It sucks. I mean, everyone wanted to see that. This is the prime rookie that everyone wanted to tune in and watch. I mean, look at what happened at Summer League before when it was in warm-ups. I mean, people were going insane. An earthquake happened, for God's sake. If that's not <laughs> nature's way of telling you that Zion is here, there's no other way to say it. And I mean, oh. in the preseason, the guy averages like 28 points a game. He's getting all of his shots within the restricted area, just like he was in college. Like, it sucks. I mean, hopefully he gets better and, and they don't rush his process back because obviously for being someone his size and, and having his kind of frame, you don't want to really risk injury, especially when it comes to that knee and that meniscus. So, you know, hope he gets better. Uh, but, but man, what a, what a, what a bad blow to start the year. And, and really, we're kind of failing to talk about the true victim here, which is me, because this happened before I could get my underbat in on the Pellies at 39 and a half. <laughs> and now the line's probably either taken down or moved out of value. So just a moment of silence for me, you know? Well, I bet Garland at 2,400 to win rookie of the year. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justin's enriching himself. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I do sympathize with Zion because there's nothing more trash than a meniscus. Um, I, I know that from personal no, from experience. experience. Yeah, yeah, don't got that meniscus left. I, I think we're, we're both uh, right knee uh, toward meniscus club. So that's, uh, that's uh, not, not ideal for the poor guy. But One of speaking- many similarities. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one of many similarities, including athleticism. That's, that's the main one. Um, but yeah, speaking of rookies that are kind of being brought along slowly, we do have Darius Garland. Obviously, his time off kind of came primarily in college, um, missed summer league and, and a good portion of the preseason as well. Um, didn't get to start any games in the preseason, but I'm kind of interested in your thoughts on this, Spencer, because you've obviously been at practice. You, you've uh, been around the team since uh, the preseason ended. Has there been any kind of impression that Garland has been working his way towards earning that starting nod? Um, I, I know Matthew Delvadova has kind of been the placeholder, but everyone seems to be expecting Garland to, to start, if not for the season opener in the very near future. Yeah, I think in the very near future, I wouldn't say that he'd start right away. I don't think that's 100%. I mean, there could be a good chance of it happening because, okay. you know, they've, they've done those things, you know, like in the second quarter stints where they've started him out with Colin. Um, and they did that in multiple games. They never actually had him start the game. Uh, you know, Delhi, Brandon Knight, those guys have been kind of working with Garland. He's been kind of – Beeline's been kind of, you know, interchanging him a little bit, seeing what combinations work and which ones don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he said today was, was the most uh, telling, I think, is coach wants Delhi or Darius Garland. He needs to figure out who guides those units the best. So who needs the most direction? Is it the bench unit or is it the starting unit? And he feels like whoever needs the most direction, so the young guys, so you think the young guys are the ones coming off the bench, so yeah. that would indicate seemingly that Delhi would be with the bench unit because he doesn't want too much youth in, mm. one, you know, in one thing, right? Because that then sounds could... uh, that sounds like a really good way of uh, of saying, yeah, the front office said I should probably start Darius. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it. If you pair Darius Garland with the guys who are already a proven proven you know commodities like Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, you know those are two guys that have been to the championship, have rings. I mean, that's a good way to to kick off your career. Unlike Colin Sexton had no one to work with last year, that's why he wasn't starting, and they right. wanted to bring him along slowly too. But in this case, Darius Garland has a little bit better of a feel at this point of his career than Colin did at that time. Yeah, I, I mean, you don't ahead. have to sell me, man. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty in. I mean, and for what it's worth, uh, Chris Fedor uh, of Cleveland.com is also uh, intimating that he thinks uh, Garland's going to be starting sooner rather than later. Uh, he said he's got the vibe that Darius Garland's going to start in the opener and Bayline thinks Delhi's better for the second unit. Unit. I mean, to, even if – it's maybe even if Delhi is a better basketball player than Garland right now, which Justin probably fell out of his chair. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that were the case and he was more like ready to go, like no one wants to see Delhi start. Right. And, and I actually, Delhi's do- Delhi's wife is like, can we, can we put Garland in? I, I, I do actually kind of like that justification, though, because when you look at that second unit with Larry Nance Jr. being moved primarily to power forward, uh, you, you got the two guys that are going to be initiating and setting up for guys being veterans in, in Larry Nance and Delhi, um, whereas Brandon Knight, Jordan Clarkson, some of those other guys, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., when he's in there, um, they're, they're going to be looking to get their own. And, and kind of having those vets that are able to get those guys into their sets. Uh, so if the bench unit starts going a little too ISO heavy, you have the, those veteran presence there to kind of get them back on track. I, I do like that justification, even if it is just trying to find a way to to get Garland back in the starting lineup. But 
from what we did see from Garland, I, I was just so impressed with him in the preseason. And, and I, I think that he has composure beyond his years. Um, so I, I really do want to see what he can do with that starting unit. Yeah, he has a very controlled pace about him. That's the thing I noticed the most is, is he's not in a rush. You know, sometimes those, those young guys, they can get a little bit, you know, some jitters in them. You know, they're, they're running a little too fast. Turn it over, case in point, Colin Sexton sometimes last year. Yep. Uh, yeah, the official it, term is Sexton-y. <laughs> I mean, you know, running into trouble, not knowing where you're going, what Beeline calls 50-50 plays, those types of things. Garland right. seems to have a solid natural feel for where his guys are going to be, how to use pick and roll situations, how to play off ball even. So, mm-hmm. so, so it's just that natural feel. It's the instincts that I think that they like the most about him. And let's not talk, let's not forget about talking about how he can create his own shot. I mean, some of those step back threes were just insane. It, it, it's, it's absurd. And it's probably, it's not a high bar to say that like he comes in there and seems to have the most basketball IQ or near the top out of all the guards <laughs> because of who they have on the team. Like they have good scores, but guys that are still trying to figure out exactly what that balance is. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, I actually felt kind of took a few steps in, in a positive direction last season uh, when it came to getting other guys involved. But primarily, I mean, his strength, Kevin Porter Jr.'s strength is to just go out there and get buckets. So, um, I, I don't think that's necessarily an indictment on them. It's just a, a credit to Darius Garland and why part of why he was drafted fifth overall. No yeah, doubt. I'm... And there, and there's, and there's guys, sorry about that, but there, there's no doubt. There's guys like Kevin Porter jr. And Jordan Clarkson, those more ISO heavy guys that don't necessarily have the efficiency that everybody wants, but they do have the aggressive side that when they're good, they're going to get you points. So, yeah. so those are very important to have, even though you don't want that to predominantly be your offense. Those are the types of guys that get you the bucket when the moment matters most. No, no, exactly. Um, one thing I do want to kind of jump into, because talking about Jordan Clarkson and those guys coming off the bench, um, there was obviously a fair bit made of Clarkson potentially playing minutes at backup small forward. Um, but now that the Cavs have brought in another body there, uh, with Alfonso McKinney, uh, formerly of the Toronto Raptors and Golden State Warriors. Um, this, So I, I saw a few people really excited about this. I really like picking him up, uh, especially as a 14th man. Um, but at, at the end of the day, this is a 27-year-old basketball player. There's not a ton of upside, but he is someone that can shoot the basketball. He can play a little bit of defense. And as just an insurance policy and a body to get out there at, at small forward, which is the one position the Cavs don't seem to have many of. Um, I really, really like this signing. Yeah, no, it's not, it's not a bad one. You know, he's somebody who can go up and get your, your rebounds. He's a hustle player, uh, likes to shoot the three from the corner. Uh, that's much of what you saw in Golden State last year. Like you said, he's not going to get that much playing time, but if something happens, you know, God forbid someone gets hurt, then you have somebody that you can stick in there. And he also fits the mold of what the Cavs are trying to do as an organization is build culture and this is a guy Mm -hmm. that worked his way up from the g league as everybody knows and and earned his keep in in the national basketball association it's uh it's just the count the Cavs' destiny to um sign into bench warriors players (laughs) (laughs) hey 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 no we we taught all those warriors how to go out there and win sean livingston mo spates all all those guys they they came through the Cavs system and and curry had the luxury of dealing with all those finished products and now, now they're just reversing the favor with uh, McCaw's short-lived tenure 
And you know, no, Pat, Pat got a ring. Pat got a Pat ring. Got a ring. So you could argue that only because the Cavs exist did Pat get another ring. Yeah, yeah. That Cavs culture, man. I mean, if if Heat Twitter can push that BS cat, uh, Heat culture crap, we we can make up something here with Cavs culture. I I, I believe in it. <laughs> I can't wait for Tyler Hero to become a a cult hero in uh, uh, in a preseason. That that's been great. Actually, speaking of the Miami Heat, I'm kind of interested, and this is something we've talked about before, but with all these guys signing extensions, so Bradley Beal off the market, Buddy Heal, uh, Sabonis, um, a lot of guys that kind of were speculated to be on the market, be on the trade market, none of those guys are locked up. They can't be traded, and I'm really curious on what all of these restricted free agents signing what impact that has on the trade market, especially when you have so many teams that could theoretically be a, a piece away. Maybe that does drive up the, the market for someone like Kevin Love. Um, because this is a season preview, I am going to go on the record and say I don't think Kevin Love gets traded during this season, um, may, maybe in the summer, but I, I just don't think that there's going to be anyone coming up with an offer that's worthwhile for the Cavs. But with kind of this depressed market, I, I wonder if there is going to be a change on on what teams are offering for him. It feels like it's only really going to – the only way Love gets traded is, is if he plays insanely well, right? I can't see a world in which, like, even just a solid year gets him traded. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if he's playing so 20 and 12, you know, 20 and 12. 20 and 12 and right? efficiently. Like, he has to, like, look really, like, stunningly good or have his numbers look be really inflated because teams still don't want to give up that big capital. But it does feel like there's been a change in the amount of capital teams are willing to give up when they think they're close as of late. Don't you agree, Spencer? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to get burned. That's pretty much why. <laughs> I mean, and then some some other teams that, that do want to go all in and want to mortgage the future – I mean, how often does it really? How often does it really work? I mean, how many champions have there been? Different champions being in like the last decade, you know, like you, you can't, you can't mortgage the future and you know hope that you're gonna win when there's other teams. But in this case, there's not a clear cut winner, so there might be a little bit more incentive to give up some more for a guy mm-hmm. like Kevin Love, somebody yeah. who can stretch the four, the only stretch four out there right now. Um, that that can contribute to a championship team uh, that that a lot of people will be seeking after. Yeah, I still want to see Garland play with him for at least half a year. No doubt. I just want to see that chemistry. I mean, have they – When I mean, you've been at practice a little bit more than we have because you've been at all. And uh, it it just feels like – I don't know. Do you see him working with with the – is Garland working with the starting unit quite a bit? when you're when you're uh making your way to practice so he's had the the red penny on or whatever uh the last you know few days before that he was in like gray penny i don't know if that I, that means anything mm-hmm. um uh, like I, I know absolutely nothing of what that means <laughs> <laughs> well i mean they have you know during their scrimmages they have their assigned you know jersey colors and stuff like that and you'll see that too there's actually a document documentary uh coming out tomorrow on the Cavs twitter page uh that's going to illustrate what training camp's been like it's actually a long documentary hmm. uh, and we were talking about uh this with some some of the team officials uh, it's called rents due and we saw like a little snippet of it and it looked really really cool 
so that's something you might want to tune team into. Team Shell Spencer Davies out here. Oh it's not a, it's not State Team Shell Media. Listen, <laughs> wow. I saw a snippet of it, and I you don't get this kind of access just because I mean when when LeBron was around the team and stuff like that, access was very limited. Uh, you, you didn't get to see much of the in-house stuff. Mm-hmm. This is actually going to give you a look into to what John Beeline is selling to these guys. And well, it's really interesting to that to that point. It is really interesting that like the team's motivations have to shift internally and in how they approach any external media. Like when you have LeBron, you don't have to do any work, and in fact, you're trying to keep people out. Right. But like they are so desperately in need of building hype and attention that all of a sudden they really are incentivized to open that door and actually show us some interesting stuff, which is one of the few luxuries of following a team that's not exactly at the center of the basketball world. And I do find it interesting too, is, is the veterans, they seem to know where they are as a group. But when you talk to the younger guys like Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, even Kevin Porter Jr., those are the guys that are like, we want to like, for instance, Kevin Porter said today, we want to do a 180. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be contenders in this thing. You know, once we get out there and the ball rolls out, he's, it's over. That was literally his quote. It's over. And so I'm like, <laughs> you know, dang, I want to see what these young bulls got. I do think there's going to be a difference in mentality for the, the Cavs this year because uh, you do have all these young guys that there, there's really no incentive for them to throw games away. I, I mean, you're going to have the growing pains. Young players really don't help with the winning a whole lot. Um, But at least in comparison to, like, let's say that last 10-game stretch for the Cavs where it was basically just all about draft position, I don't think you're going to have that because I I think teams have seen the new reality of the draft order. you got guys that are looking to get better every single game. And and I do think that mentality and that mindset is going to make for a more enjoyable product on the court this year. And and it's going to make... um, it, it easier for us to stay kind of in tune with those storylines as these guys try to figure it out. Well, I think that there's going to be more engaging storylines to, to keep track of with the Cavs. And obviously you can follow along with the chase down podcast all year. What, what Carter, is there some sort of source for me to stay up to date with uh, all the other news in sports? About as smooth of a toss as you've ever given me to an ad read, Justin, following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Uh, even even for a team with as little going on as the Cavs sometimes. But trying to follow everything happening in sports is near impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis, it's impossible, especially when you got Twitter that's just always refreshing. That's why we here at the Chase Down subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox when you sign up for free at sports.axios.com you'll get the best stories from the nba and nfl to cricket and ping pong and everything in between you know what justin i don't want to call it the copy but i bet they don't send a lot of ping pong updates (laughs) axios sports also highlights the most important stats and trends giving you the ability to stay informed it's super simple to sign up and Best of all, it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall. There's no subscription fee. Nothing. This is free, curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try 
for free 99 at sportsaxios.com. I mean, you're going to be up to date. You're going to be feeling smart. You're going to have all the talking points down, Pat. And when you're talking in the office, talking about all the great things you read on Axios, wouldn't you feel better if you did it while looking great? That's why Indochino is here. Big shout out to our boys Indochino, because when men look good, or feel good. (laughs) Yes, our boys, Garter. When men look good, they feel good and they look good when their suits fit well. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Oh my goodness. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more. And everything is made to your exact measurements for a great fit. The process is simple. Choose your fabric, pick at your customizations, and submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com when entering BlueWire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. For $30 off your total purchase of $3.99 or more. An incredible deal for a made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear your clothing that doesn't fit. I'll tell you what, Justin, I don't think these that set of ad reads inspired any podcasts. I don't think we did great that time. But you know what? Uh, we got through it. And uh, just like a long NBA season, sometimes you just got to fight through the tough reads when you're, when you're not on your A game. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I mean, uh, a deal on a suit might be a good thing for one member of the Cavs, Jetty Osmond, who did not get a contract extension today. He's still value hunting. What... I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I feel like not extending Jetty here might end up biting the Cavs in the ass the, the same way that not extending Tristan Thompson did, um, especially with the free agency market that we're going to have next year. If he has a breakout season, this could have been an opportunity for the Cavs to sign him at a lower do- dollar value. I don't think he, he's going to get anywhere near Tristan Thompson money. I don't think he's that level of player. Um, but I do feel like this was a missed opportunity for them. You know, in in this situation, I, I feel like it's really hard to kind of gauge because you look at who the Cavs brought in, right? Mm-hmm. You have Dylan Windler, who you drafted, who's probably going to be one of your future small forwards. You have Kevin Porter Jr., who's still growing into his body, so you don't know if he's going to be a two or a three, right? Right. Uh, you might play Larry Nance at the threesome here in the future, correct? So mm-hmm. this kind of leaves you in a little bit of a bind, right? So – Jetty is somebody who is definitely improving. He is really good off the dribble. He's a pretty solid playmaker. When he plays under control, he's good. Uh, defensively, he has his problems. He's got some size issues when he has to, to guard above his position, as we saw when he was playing most of the four last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, he's got some troubles keeping up in transition sometimes, even though he has a bunch of energy. Sometimes he gets beat. Uh, one-on-one situations uh, being the prime example of that. Uh, so, I, you know, I kind of thought that they wouldn't extend Jetty just because of what they've drafted here for future. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really – it puts them in a bind. It really does. My big thing is even if you were giving him – so let's say you're giving him $6, 7000000 million a year over the next three, four years. I, even if you're paying him that, if he's a seventh man – like that is still 
basically what that type of position will get in the NBA. Like, I, I just didn't think that there was a lot of harm in it. Um, I, I don't think ultimately he's going to end up being a starter. Like, I, I think when this team is a finished product, um, I don't think that's his most likely role. So we're, we're really splitting hairs here. But I, I just thought that maybe this would be a good opportunity for the team to go out there and get some value. Uh, but but ultimately, I don't think pinching pennies and, and trying to navigate the cap is going to be too much of a concern for the Cavs um, because so much of their core is really young, a long way away from the, their contract extensions. And um, we, outside of the Kevin Love contract, we, we just don't have any big dollar value guys on, on, on the books. I would agree with you. I would agree with you. And And here's the thing here, too, with this Jetty extension. We don't know whether, you know, his representation was negotiating in the thoughts that he was a starter and he wanted starter money, or if he was just, you know, another run-of-the-mill guy who's looking for an extension. And when you look around the league at third-year guys, they're, they're getting paid. <laughs> they're yeah. getting paid, paid big time. Now, th- that's the other thing, too, with this Jetty situation. He's been in the league for two years, but he's really only played for one year. So last year was basically kind of like a rookie situation. Yeah, th- so, this is so his what's sophomore the true value? season in my eyes. Yeah, yeah, what's the what's the true value? Can you measure that? Have you seen enough of it? So mm-hmm. so that's where the difficulty comes in, I think. Yeah, I, I don't I still don't know what the appropriate contract for Jetty is. It feels like anything under ten million a year seems like you'd be okay with that, but just in the modern cap climate, but he also hasn't like proven that he's gonna be a good starter, so you don't want to like lock yourself into four or five years of that. I don't I, I don't know. We also, I, I actually am more okay waiting and seeing even if you have to pay a little bit more on the back end. Uh, and and you just you reminded me of something too, Carter. We, we don't know what the modern cap is going to be because of this Daryl Morris situation. Like there's most kind of estimated, if this doesn't work itself out, you might see a 15% drop in the salary cap, um, maybe more. Um, I, I ultimately think that that's going to work itself out um, because I just think there's too much money at stake. And I, I don't think we need to go down that rabbit hole, but I, I do think the uncertainty did kind of play into some of these guys extending. And it might also lead to hesitation for some teams not extending guys like Jetty or uh, Bogdanovich in uh, Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to gauge because, because you, you want to keep your homegrown talent. You want to keep your guys that have been drafted by the organization, groomed by the organization. And when you see the marked improvements, like, for example, with Jetty overseas playing in FIBA, I mean, those are the things, and you see flashes, mm-hmm. but you got to see them at, in your league, you know, it's, which, which, I mean, it's not that much of a difference, but, but there is just because of the bigger bodies, the physicality. It's, it, it's really it's difficult to make those decisions. So I, I think that them erring on the side of caution here is the right call, even though a lot of people want, wanted uh you know jetty to stay here for the the long haul mm-hmm. this is where this is where it, it, you just kind of need to know what he was asking for if he was saying 15 million a year of course you don't extend him at that yeah. number yeah <laughs> i don't think he's you know what we don't ask for that much but yeah. yeah yeah whatever if he was asking for a max extension like you would say ah, we're not really ready for that yet uh, absolutely and uh, i do think um spencer we made a good point too about we we don't know what these other young guys are going to be uh, you, you have Dil- Dylan Windler that's going to be competing for his job at, at small forward. Um, ha- have you heard any updates about his status? I, I, he's, it's been a couple weeks that he's been out now. Um, I think the, the original estimate was about four weeks precautionary there. 
uh, with a stress reaction. Um, do you think he's kind of nearing a return in the next week or so? Okay, so here's my observations for practice. So on September 27th, that's when they sent the release out, right? Stress, stress reaction fracture or whatever it was uh, in his, his left leg. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right before the, the scrimmage or the preseason game, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, it was either the first preseason game or the scrimmage. He was shooting around, you know, it was, it was kind of ginger, but at the same time, like, <laughs> there was something where uh, some of the fans were actually kind of worried because I said that, when the, when a ball went bouncing into the stands, he actually hopped uh, the chair in the front row to go get it. So oh, I'm boy. like, you, I, I looked at him. I'm like, you have to be feeling pretty good, huh? He's like, yeah, I'm feeling all right, man. You know, getting an MRI in a week. So he got <laughs> that MRI, and uh, at least according to uh, Chris Fudor, uh, that that he's been feeling, you know, all right. But they're going to be very precautionary with him. Uh, Beeline really wants him in there because he, unlike the other draft picks he actually has some upperclassmen status about him. So he yeah. has a little bit more of a, uh, an IQ. He has a little bit more of a, you know, a feel, I guess, to the game, uh, especially for he's older. Where the, yeah. Yeah. He's older. Exactly. You know, he'll get the ball moving. He'll know how to adapt to that offense pretty quickly. And let's not forget, he was the lone, one of the first three first round picks, the lone one to play in summer league. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, so those are huge points there. Uh, for coach beeline to, to have a guy like that back but as far as the status goes i mean in practice I, i've seen him he's he's out there he's shooting threes he's doing his thing so i, I can't imagine that he's like gonna miss a long chunk of time mm-hmm. maybe the first couple weeks few weeks i don't know uh but until that time they're gonna have to kind of cover up for those weaknesses but I, i'm actually I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what windler can bring to the table yeah, I mean, it's clear B- Bayline's a big fan because, I mean, you even, you even talked about him when he was on the Wosh pod uh, fairly yeah. recently, like called him out by name, you know, and, and knew ex- I just think like, I wonder, and this is a little armchair psychology, but it seems like so much of this is unknown for, uh, for Bayline, this, this process, you know, there's a lot of learning, a lot of in, instability, but like Bayline's like, I know how to use a shooter. <laughs> like, Like there's something like very like simple and basic about Windler that like I think is probably comforting for Bayline. So I wonder if we're going to see him lean on him once he's back a little more than you'd expect for his draft status. I think the ambidextrousness too, baby. Oh yeah, (laughs) I I think I can jump into his thinking a little bit of why he's really dying to have Windler back, and I think it might be he doesn't want to play Jordan Clarkson at small forward more than he has to. I think that might be a bit of a factor there. Hey, who knows? Maybe uh maybe Windler's gonna make his uh Cavs debut when I'm in town. I I'm that that's kind of around the timeline. I, I need to see our, our guy Boots out there uh knocking down some threes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It, it'd be cool if he would just make his debut for you. Just yeah. for you. That, I, I think that's, that's what's gonna happen. I, I think it's a big event. The Cavs are really excited about that. That that's their championship, really, is those two games against Dallas and Boston where where I'm in town. Um, <laughs> first shot he ever takes 35 foot bomb splash oh yeah step back 35 foot step back unnecessarily <laughs> um speaking of Bayline, i i found it really interesting and i i think some people had a little more panic than i did and that that's not necessarily um a surprise because i'm a bit of an optimist especially when it comes to the calves um but with Bayline kind of expressing some concern at the end of the preseason about 
still needing to work on the fundamentals. They hadn't implemented as much as he, he thought they would. Um, I alluded to it earlier, but um, being frustrated about guys kind of being loan managed and stuff. I thought some of that was natural. I, I, those were issues that I could see happening, but I was a little surprised that he was talking to the media and that wasn't kind of an internal discussion with the coaching staff. And I, I think these are normal growing pains, but I think the, the main thing is going to be how the team reacts to those growing pains and whether or not they stay invested. Um, we, we've heard that they, they've had a few good practices. How, how do you see things kind of progressing at practice? Do you, do you, does Bayline feel a little more confident than he did this time a week ago? He, did, he does feel a little bit more confident. So I'll tell you this. After they got smacked up by Boston the second straight time, uh, he looked really dejected. Mm-hmm. He, he, he talked about, you know, how he, he even offered a few excuses. He said, you know, like he was like, you know, they, their team was together for summer league. You know, we had one guy on our team that was on our summer league team, blah, blah, blah. Like, and that's not of the beeline nature to do that. Right. Um, he just visibly could see that it was, he was worn. It, it's just like he, he, he couldn't believe that they were hit with these kind of setbacks right away. You know, only played Kevin Love like, 10 minutes in the, in the last preseason game where we're supposed to play however many minutes and, you know, had injuries like to John Henson. I know he's really excited about John Henson and he's been out, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, guys just kind of banged up and he was just visibly just very worn. And and for a guy his age too, that's kind of worrisome because you don't want him to be up forever and thinking about it and, and overdoing it, you know? And after they had a day off practice, and restarted training camp, the second portion of it. You could just see he was a little bit more refreshed. He was like, look, you know, at least when we're going through this now, we're not going to be stuck in a, in a corner when, say, in November something happens and we don't have a plan to do something about it. Like, right. this is what we, we've had this experience. Now we'll know how to, how to address a situation if Kevin Love goes down or if, you know, Larry Nance gets, you know, some sort of pain in his, his thigh. You know, like, it, it's having a contingency plan and knowing how to handle that and not being too, you know, I don't want to say dejected, but like, like not folding when when that stuff happens, like being prepared. And that, and that goes a lot too towards his coaching staff, which he, he raves over that coaching staff. He talks about JB Bickerstaff at at length. He talks about Dan Giroux, who's in charge of the offense, Lindsay Gottlieb, Everybody that's a part of that staff, he's constantly talking about how much they are helping him in his his transition. So I think that's why there should be a little bit of of, of an optimism when it comes to Beeline making the transition because he has, you know, assistants that are, you know, have NBA experience. And I completely forgot about mentioning Antonio Lang too. Antonio Lang, an assistant for the Jazz for a number of years. Right. You know, like, so those types of people – are going to be the ones that make his transition to the league a lot smoother, but there's going to be bumps in the road early. And, and he knows that too. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing is that those issues don't lead to a situation like we had with David Blatt, where the conversion to the NBA game becomes a situation where the players just aren't buying in anymore and they're just not having any of it. Um, I do have a lot of confidence. I like, I really like the assistants that they brought in there. And I think those guys have a lot of experience and those guys staying um, on the same page as Bayline and, and really working to, to help his transition 
rather than being the good cop to his bad cop to the players, I think is going to be really important because if the players feel like, well, I'm not going to go to Bayline with my concerns. I, I'm just going to go to JB Bickerstaff or whoever it may be. Um, I, I think that would be a really bad environment. And that that's one thing that I'm going to be keeping my eye on is I, I think that there, there's an opportunity for Bayline to grow with this team. Um, I just want to make sure that it is with this team and that it doesn't become a situation where they're divided. And the, th- the, the big thing here too is it, it, they, they've really talked about the terminology. I don't know if you've been following along with that storyline, but, but the way that he describes things, like th- these are simple actions and simple coverages or calls, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. but they're termed differently. Like he uses the word wolf. <laughs> a lot, uh, you know, like he's called Jordan Clarkson a wolf before, you know, like, uh, and Kevin Porter has, Jr. got that too. He, yeah, exactly. And, and, and he has all of these like, uh, interesting terms that like, for example, Larry Nance Jr. said like, maybe, you know, calling out a pick is you say like the word dummy or something like it, it's these weird, uh, you know, weird things in the transition, uh, from college to pro with him actually having nicknames for some of these things instead of like calling them out as what they are. Right. Uh, that that's one thing. And then uh, Beeline's also brought up the difference in him reaching out to a rookie or a younger player as opposed to a veteran. Mm-hmm. He says he just needs to remind the veterans about, you know, the fundamentals and stuff like that. It's a nice refresher, whereas where he's teaching the the younger guys the fundamentals and stuff like that, that's more of him being able to to tell them that they're going to need to utilize these things still. Don't forget about it. Don't think that you can come in here and on talent and win right away. Cause that's not how it's done. Right. Like, that that's his biggest message to the young guys with the veterans. It's, it's interesting just cause they definitely, they've raved over him. Like Kevin Love has raved over him. Tristan Thompson has raved over him. Larry Nance, any of those guys, they they've really liked the style that he's brought to the table. They've called it unique. Um, so, as the season wears on, I'm interested to seeing seeing how that tone, whether it changes or stays the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, as it stands, looks pretty solid. Yeah, that I, that's really encouraging. And to me, I think the young guys are are just so eager to learn that the the Bayline concerns it, it, they it probably isn't applicable to them. But the the veterans buying in, I think, is just so encouraging and. Um, I was really, really impressed. I've talked about this before, but I, I was impressed with Tristan Thompson, Larry Nance, and Kevin Love in particular. Um, just even when they were hurt, the the way that they would step up, the, the way they were still engaged on the bench, they they were talking to Sexton. Um, I, I just thought that they really stepped up as leaders. And, and I hope that we do get a good amount of time with them in the lineup this year because I, I do think that they bring a positive impact. Um, on a on an unrelated note, uh, my co-host Carter Rodriguez had kicked his power bar and took out his computer, um, and he got the most horrifying thing you could possibly get, Spencer. And I don't know if you've ever been through this when you need to get on your computer in a hurry, but he got that working on updates five percent complete. No, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh so, my goodness! So that's going to be the rest of his week. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good my man's my man's hurting right now he's got he's got a kid on the way he can't talk because his throat hurts ah oh, man he, he's, he's basically the host virus at this point it might be good for him to stay away from us he, even even through the computer i think there, there's a good chance he could take us out um, hey, i'm cool i'm cool going into a co-host role i wasn't expecting it but we'll see what happens you know what i'm saying 
next man up, right? That, <laughs> next that, man up. That's what it really comes down to. Um, I want to get your thoughts but before we wrap this up. Let, let's get into a little bit of prediction time. Do, do you have a finals matchup in mind? Because I, I, I spend some time on this. I, I always do my meaningless predictions to start the year. Um, and what I came down to was I didn't feel great about any team coming out of the East. I thought it was between Milwaukee and Philadelphia. But when I was looking at how Philadelphia matches up with every single team in the West, if they can just get there, I think they might actually win the championship because they're just so big. And I, I, I think my prediction was uh, Philly over Lakers. And I don't feel 100% good about it, but I, I do think that that would be interesting. What, what, what's, what's your kind of prediction that you have in mind? So it's, it's funny that you pick Philly because I, too, just think they're going to be a defensive nightmare. Uh, they're going to be able to stagger Joel Embiid and Al Horford when it's all said and done. I know they're going to probably start next to each other, but mm-hmm. if, if you don't think that they're not going to stagger them at some point, then you're crazy. Yeah, uh, and Embiid's just going to miss time. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's just natural. And, you know, I think Josh Richardson was one of the most underrated guys that they brought in there. Even though, you know, the threes take a hit by losing Redick, but you bring in a guy like Richardson who's literally entering his prime and has gone overlooked in, in Miami for a while here. Uh, that's a really nice pickup. But, oh, man, you put me on the spot for the finals. Oh, that's so tough. <laughs> that's so tough. So you don't have to give one if you don't want. It's just, okay, so it's so hard to not put the Clippers in. Okay. Yeah. It's it's so hard not to because they've got the bench, okay. They they've got the starting lineup. It, it, barring injury, I, I I can't go against the Clippers. Um, but I, that's no slight to the Lakers either, though, because the Lakers are a lot more deep than I thought they would be too. You know, yeah, the, they, the Lakers make a lot more sense when you look at them through rational eyes and say their third best player is Danny Green and not Kyle Kuzma. Like Kyle Kuzma is a wild card and, and he could break out. But I, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be really active on the buyout market as well. Um, I, I think that that's going to be an attractive destination. It's going to help them round out their roster. To me, the biggest thing is I just don't trust the health of the Clippers. Like I trust it less than the health of the Lakers. Because you have Paul George, who was operating on both of his shoulders. Kawhi played 60 games last year and was limping through the playoffs. And, and there's people that seem to think that that's going to be an issue that's going to plague him for the rest of his career. If you were telling me that the Clippers are 100% healthy, I would pick them. But to me, I just get scared away when it comes to injuries. And, and that was the, the main kind of thought process there. Um, but I, I do feel like there's just so many teams that can make the finals that – it is going to make for a really fascinating season. There are two. I mean, like we're, we're glossing over Milwaukee, you know, like yep. you, you, you think, okay, so the bucks add a little bit more, right? They, they obviously lose Malcolm Brogdon, which is a huge hit, but they bring in a guy like Wesley Matthews, Kyle Korver, who's the perfect player to play with. Yeah. Uh, Giannis Henson that, that's has played with coach disgusting. Bud has played with coach Bud. So he mm-hmm. knows exactly the spots he wants him to be. And essentially, it's just like how LeBron was playing with Corver there. Drive and kick, open, three, boom. Uh, you know, those are another, another great team. You know, uh, in the West, you can look at Utah. You can – there's just – the list goes on. It's just too hard to pick, man. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. No, no, that, that's completely fine. Um, let's go with the Cavs predictions then. Do, do you have a win total in mind for them? 
I do. I do. And I've, and I've had a one total. Uh, I have Cleveland winning 27 games. That is the exact number that I have. So, Are you serious? Yeah, we Look are at on that. the same it's page. Just, it's just perfect, isn't it? <laughs> it, it feels right. Like I, they are going to have guys that are going to miss time. Um, they are relying on a lot of young players. Um, I just think this is going to be a better, mo- more motivated team. Um, we really got zero healthy games from Kevin Love last season because he got nicked up in preseason and then eventually needed that surgery and never really got back into basketball shape. Um, so I, I think having him and Tristan Thompson is going to make a big difference. I think moving Larry Nance to the four is a really, really smart move. You, you tweeted it out earlier, but the official measurements came in, and those those ones were without shoes, right? Yes, those were the new ones. Yes, Kevin Love is six eight. Yeah, there you go. And Larry Nance is six seven. Is six uh, seven? Yes. Man, yeah. Um, so him moving to the four is good. I think John Henson. Uh, actually, yeah, we should talk about a little bit about John Henson before this wraps up. I really want him to get healthy because I think he can make a difference. Like I, I think him as a backup center uh, is a really nice thing. And I think he's someone that might be attractive at the deadline for another team. But if he could have a few good months for the Cavs, I, I think that's going to help the, their win total as well. Yeah. Who was their, who, who was the Cavs main rim protector last year? Can, can you name any, anybody? Yeah, they, like they got absolutely burned. Tristan. <laughs> they, they, they got absolutely burned. Yeah. Now you bring in, you know, a guy on stilts like John Henson, who can literally block everything in sight, alter shots, you know, on the offensive end, maybe he knocks down a few corner threes for you. He's not mm-hmm. going to take them at will, but somebody who actually has the ability to stretch the floor. We worked on that because of uh, Coach Bud last year before he got dealt, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really, really want him to, to, to get healthy and get in there. So he was limited in practice uh, today. That's the most that they, they, they've gotten out of him since the beginning of preseason. Obviously, he missed the entire preseason uh, just because of this nagging groin injury. It's not even the wrist anymore. Uh, his status will be determined for, for Wednesday at tomorrow's practice. That'll be Tuesday. Uh, so they, they really want him to get in there because they think that he's going to be the backup big. It, you know, Antezizic is out for a while right now. He's got the plantar fasciitis he's going going with, you know. If, hopefully I said that right. I don't know how to really pronounce yeah, that. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis, whatever. Uh, and then you chicken you know, fajita. You, you just you, you got rid of Jarrell Martin. Mark Marquise Bolden's gone. You don't have any bigs. I mean, Tyler Cook maybe could play the five for like five minutes. Uh, <laughs> so you know, I'm like really, those are those are your I, options. I did some brief research on Tyler Cook, and he basically seems like Kenneth Fareed without the the finishing and the rebounding I'm not, I'm not a huge fan but he can bring some energy to lineup which which will be somewhat entertaining but yeah seeing larry nance at six seven there it, it makes sense why he was a bottom three rim protector in the nba last year um i i do think his mobility is really way more of an asset at, at power forward and, and going out on the perimeter so um I, I do think this team makes a little bit more sense than they did last season so i'm i'm excited for this 27 wins it, they're going to be bad but they're going to be bad in a different way and yeah here, I, here, here, I, go can, ahead. can i can i say something mm-hmm. i don't like comparison for comparison's sake but look at the atlanta hawks last year okay three yeah. first round picks right okay you bring in trey young you bring in kevin herter those types of guys to, to come in and really get this thing going. They had a second-year guy in John Collins, second-year mm-hmm. guy in Colin Sexton. You know, Kevin I'm, Herter is our uh, – Dylan, Win- Dylan, Dylan Windler. Windler is our Kevin Herter. I, I think he 
I oh you missed uh, one of my predictions. I think we're going to have two rookies on the all rookie team this year. I don't. Okay. I think Garland's one of them, but I I have a sneaking suspicion uh, that Windler's going to get on there. I hopefully he gets healthy and he can prove you right. He's my boy. Uh, but, Continue. but that's 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 what I have in envisioned for this. You know, the defense is not going to be great. It's going to be better than last year because they they have a different defensive guy in charge now. It's JB Bickerstaff. Uh, Mike Longbardi for the first time in a few years is not in charge of the defensive scheme. Yeah. Uh, you know, you are, you know, diminutive at that, at that, that position at, in the backcourt, no doubt when you have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, you're going to have to cover for them. Mm-hmm. The help's going to be a little bit better though. Uh, you're going to have a little bit more size in the front court. And then on the other end, you're going to think they're going to play fast, right? They're going to be chucking up threes. They're going to be moving the ball when they're, hopefully not in too much half court, but when they are in half court, they're going to be able to move off the ball and, and get us, get some actions going. There's a lot more actions than they, they probably anticipated. I mean, even Colin Sexton said it was tough because they were overthinking a little bit in that preseason game. Uh, they're going to have actions. They're going to have stuff set up and for them, but mm-hmm. their priority is going to be to get out on the fast break and score. That's what they're going to do. So I think the other thing to keep in mind too, when you're talking about win totals is they're going to jack up a lot of threes this year. And yes. like they, they have guys that are going to make it, but when you take more threes, you, the variance, it gets, it goes a little more in your favor. It makes things a whole lot easier and they're still going to be really bad on defense. Um, I think they're going to be a little bit better, not a whole lot, but uh, bottom I, instead, five instead of bottom one. Yeah. I I'm, Maybe you can get to 29, you know? Just not, not the worst defense in league history. Like, I, as funny as it is to say, Kevin Love is going to help their defense. Tristan Thompson is going to help their defense. If they're yes. Good. John Henson, not- Larry Nance at his natural position is going to help their defense. Yes, uh, non-two-way guys and non-10-day contract guys. Right, right. So Literally obviously, half the season last year. Yeah, obviously health is going to be the big factor there. But yeah. I just well, well, getting more we threes up and, and having guys that want that to play. I, I just think it's uh, going to make for a more entertaining product. Young guys and the wins they are going more. to get are going to feel better than the wins they got last season. Like they, 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 they eked out some ugly games. This time around, they're, they're going to have games where they're just hitting shots and they're a lot of fun and the young guys are jumping up and down. And, and it's going to feel like the start of something. They're going to be a team that wins some games that – against some teams that you wouldn't expect. I'm going, I'm going to predict that stuff. You know, like, they're going to beat a playoff team here or there. Just, just, ran, just out of randomness. You yeah. know, like... I, I mean, hopefully they do it in this first week here because it's, it's a pretty brutal schedule they have to start off. But uh, I'm, I'm just excited to start talking about games soon. I, I, it's been way too damn long. I, I forgot how long an offseason can be when you're not going to the NBA Finals. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really, really been spoiled. Did you? <laughs> yeah, maybe just a little bit, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this game against the magic and, uh, we will be podcasting about that game after. Uh, so check your feeds on Thursday morning. Spencer, thank you so much uh, for coming on and giving us your time. I'm going to be bugging you a lot this season and, uh, really, really looking forward to everything that you're doing there. Uh, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah, and uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Spin Davies. On Facebook, you can find me at facebook.com slash Spin Davies. Uh, my work is on basketballinsiders.com. Also do work for Close Up 360. It's a player platform, player's world off the court. You guys really would enjoy uh, looking around and finding out those off-court interests about other players and such like that. 
uh, I did want to leave this podcast on one note. I saw your post earlier of Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Frank Uh-oh. with the Magnum condoms. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I just thought it was pretty ironic because today John, John Beeline said we had a lot to plow through. <laughs> yes! I am willing things into existence. <laughs> what went well? That we were able to plow through some more stuff too that we're becoming... Uh, the, 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 the young guys are learning more. <laughs> I'm ready to plow. Ready the, to plow. The chase down 2019-2020. Ready to plow. That's your hashtag. <laughs> We've already found it for you. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the renaissance, but I think we're going with this. That, that's, your, that's, your, that's your new Cavs culture. Hashtag <laughs> ready to plow. Bam. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Spencer. Really appreciate you coming on. Really appreciate all our listeners as well. If you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of our Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com, and we will send you a link. Uh, For those that don't know, Discord chat is a fun little group that we got uh, with podcast listeners, a place you can go talk calves without uh, people jumping in the mentions. Uh, which is always a real nice thing. Uh, So thanks again to Spencer. Thanks to all our listeners. Until next time, go Cavs, and let's get ready to play.